Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to The Range on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Ralph Irvin, and today we are taking a look back at 2020. And sure, we can focus on all the things that made this year a mess, but we go to golf to get away from those things. And when you look at golf in 2020, it's been pretty darn positive. Before we begin this journey, I'm happy to say that I'm not going it alone. Instead, I'm joined by the product marketing manager from Fujikura Golf, and also the host of the Why It's in the Bag podcast, that is Austin Tudor. Austin, welcome back to the range. Ralph, you know, it's always good to be here, buddy. It's always good to catch up and, you know, talk about this thing that we love so much, this game of golf. So let's, uh, I'm excited. I'm here for you. Let's do it. Well, let's start at the 30,000 foot level, looking down on 2020 and golf. And what jumps out at you first and foremost? I mean, you've, you've got to first and foremost, look at the amount of people that were brought to this game through such an un unfortunate circumstance that is that has been the COVID-19 pandemic and it's something so cool from you know it's a such a bittersweet thing being able to see this this game of golf this game we love come through as something that could bring joy through such a a sad time in our in our world's you know and, and 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 our lives in this world right now and it's just been great to see people find some sort of joy through the game of golf. And we've noticed it through Fujikura from products getting tried and uh, fittings being increased and, and, and some locations, locations doubled and tripled. And the questions that we're getting and just the engagement that we're getting about golf shafts uh, that we've never seen before. So that's the first and foremost thing for me that, that jumps out. In, in such an unfortunate circumstance, people are finding joy through the game of golf. There's two aspects to that. I mean, there's the there's the play aspect and there's the equipment and purchasing aspect. Let's talk about the play first, because y- you look at the stats. People who listen to this show often, they've heard me rattle off golf data tech numbers. But much of the country lost four to eight weeks of golf this year. And yet the industry is exploding. The numbers are up dramatically that there's going to be 50 million more rounds of golf played this year. And I think it's because people who hadn't been playing, they stepped out on the course and they realized, wait a minute, I'm not here to play like Tiger Woods. I'm not here to play like Dustin Johnson. I'm here to be outside, to go for a walk, to enjoy a cart ride and spend time either with the people I know that I'm playing with or to meet new people, but to do it safely. Absolutely. And it brings me back to your point. You know, we've had that much of an increase well, when you can really only count this as about a 10 and a half month year, mm-hmm. you know, from, from a play standpoint. So we've increased in 10% of half or uh, 10% of the time, essentially, or 90% of the time. So that it's just, it's really cool to see people come back to this game and, you know, find the fresh air, <laughs> the fresh air movement a little bit out on the golf course. You know, when this thing first started, 
like a lot of other people, I, I went on the hunt for a push cart. You know, I'd been pushing my two-year-old up and down these hills whenever we were in quarantine just to get ourselves outside, mm-hmm. uh, down the streets and things like that. And I'd gotten so used to that, that motion that I decided rather than carrying, I was going to just grab a push cart and do that. Well, it took me six weeks to get a push cart because everybody else had the same idea. Right. You know, and uh, you know, these, these companies like click gear and, and uh, what, what's the other ones? Uh, Rovic and all these other companies, Sun Mountain, bad boy, bad boy. And all of them, they, they've been having such a hard time keeping in stock, just like everybody else in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you pre- prepare for a demand like that? So yeah, that was, uh, that was an interesting time for sure. But I kind of rekindled a little bit of um, my love for the game by walking again, because I hadn't walked since college, probably, you know, we would always just grab a cart and go. And uh, it's been, it's brought a lot more joy back into my game, getting out there and, and knowing that I'm going to get the exercise. Um, I get to know my game a little bit better because you get to think mm-hmm. as you're walking up to the ball compared to like driving up to the ball. Okay. Now I got to hit the shot, hit the shot, jump back in a cart. It's no longer that way, you know? So that's another part that I've just really enjoyed um, within the last, what, eight months it's been. So. No, I've, I say I've found myself from maybe walking once every four to six rounds to now walking six or seven out of eight rounds. I mean, almost every round I'm walking. Absolutely. And it, it's, it, it's funny. I, there, there are strange things that I've encountered during this time. And one was a place where I went where they had carts available and they could actually be shared. Mm. They had a bungee cord in the middle of the cart hanging a plastic sheet between the two riders <laughs> so that they could share a cart. That's it's, incredible. And, and and that's it. one solution. The other one, this is crazy. I mean, people have heard about all the restrictions that have gone on with LA businesses and restaurants. Sure. But you probably haven't heard this. At their courses right now, you can only play with people in your household. Oh, wow. So you can only book around as a twosome, threesome, or foursome with people who you live with. So those weekend golf groups, they can't go out together unless they shack up. Well, that's <laughs> tough. And that, well, the, the courses are going to see the kind of a little bit of that impact, right? I mean, if you're only able to book a twosome right. within a, a, a time slot, now you're losing 50% of, of your rounds as well, especially through the holiday period. That's tough. And, and for players, yeah. they don't allow singles. If you're a single, you cannot play on the city courses. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And people just want to get to the game of golf. So let's just, uh, let's just all join hands and and hope and pray that this thing gets behind us quickly and we can get back to some semblance of life again, because golfers want to golf, you know, (laughs) they do. And, And it's funny. There's so many different things that you see now on the golf course that at this point you're already taken for granted. Poo noodles. Lifting devices out of the hole. Some some have a little netting system so that the ball doesn't go in. And some have been using raised cups. I don't know how many of those you've actually gotten to experience. I've I think I've experienced them all uh yeah, since, since I've, I coming think I've back. I've gone through the gauntlet too. I think I've gone through the gauntlet too. You know, we, we play Goat Hill Park quite a bit out up here and mm-hmm. I'm I'm over at Shadow Ridge and we played there uh, a pretty good bit and you've kind of seen it all transform when this first was very first thing was going on and we could actually play golf again. I remember goat Hill had the upside down cups for a while, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I've really found is, you know, I was never really a pin in guy and I've just gotten so used to the habit of leaving the pin in now 
you know, even on the shorter putts, it, I'm finding like I like it again, which is which is strange. You know, I was thinking about this. The rules changed a year ago. And so you had a year to get used to it before it was like mandated. Yeah. Imagine if you had had to go from always taking the pin out to you can't touch the pin. That would have been a transition, but fortunately, timing worked out for golf that it, yeah. it it was able to to make it so that we were used to putting with a pin in most of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. What a what a weird time, you know. These are the things that we that we get to talk about right now. I mean, who would have thought that a rule change would have that much of an impact and now even further of an impact on the game of golf right now, just about talking, leaving a pin in a hole. Yeah. <laughs> Play is up everywhere. I know where, where you are in San Diego County, it is booming a little further north in Los Angeles, Ventura, Orange counties. It's booming Las Vegas, everywhere. Any place that the weather is good enough to play, people are going out to play. Interestingly, uh, this year on, on the Range Podcast, we uh, talked with folks from St. Andrews, mm. and obviously much of their play is foreign travelers, Sure, which completely dried up. That was gone. And what happened was all the people in England and Scotland across the UK were like, wait a minute, we can go play St. Andrews? <laughs> And their T-sheets remained booked solid because all these people decided to travel north to go to the home of golf. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they almost got to get back to their their home of golf mm -hmm. course again, you know, where so many of us are going over, you know, across the pond and, and filling up those those T-sheets. Now, these guys are probably playing it multiple times yeah. within, within a few weeks where maybe they went once a year because of how hard it was, you know, the accessibility to the time. So that's an... That's an interesting little stat there, Ralph. Yeah, well, it, as as they said, there were actually people that would never, that, you know, that, that are in London and stuff. They were like, eh, St. Andrews is for tourists. I'm never going to go there. And then it was like, oh, wait, I can go. Okay, I'll go and see if I like it. And, of course, then they realized, wait a minute, this is pretty amazing to be able to just go and play there oh, under sure. those circumstances. Without a doubt. I feel like, you know if Tory wasn't Tory and the population wasn't what it is of, of Southern California, I feel like that would be kind of like our, mm -hmm. our side of it. Right. So like getting out to Tory Pines is always very difficult. And, you know, fortunately and unfortunately we have a lot more people. It's a far denser population than some, some places maybe around St. Right. Andrews. And there's a lot of people that play golf here in Southern California because we get to play year round. So we don't quite have that option, but I could kind of see it, being navigated that way where, you know, we don't have all of these people coming in right now. So we're getting a lot more um, local play on Tory than anywhere else. I mean, that's the rounds and we've talked about that, but I know your interests are in equipment, <laughs> lots of sales. <laughs> Everything has been booming uh, this year. My yes, favorite yeah. stat in terms of the increase in equipment purchases this year, serious players buying golf equipment, has declined in 2020. That means all of this growth is from sporadic players, new players, people returning to the game. They're actually investing in the game. So they're not just going and, and making their way out to the golf course now because it's convenient or it's the only thing to do. They're actually investing in the future of their game, which should have a really good long-term impact. Without a doubt. And something to come up with that too is, you know, 
these guys could have been serious golfers 10 years ago before they had children. And those, those youth sports are, are taking away their Saturdays and Sundays where they would typically play golf. So now that they've got those Saturdays and Sundays back, they found that they've kind of rekindled that love for the game again. Mm-hmm. And now they're, you know, they're also 10 years older. So they have more, um, more money to be able to, to buy and upgrade and, and learn and understand and comprehend more about what they're putting into their bag. Um, we've all had enough, enough time on our computers sitting at them several hours a day, you know, every now and then we pop over and, and look at something to purchase and heck, I know I've done it on all of the OEM sites with all of these new launches, just checking out what's, what's coming, what's new. And I know you're in the know of that really, really well. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, but that's, that's the, that's the thing right now is everybody's so interested about like, what can I upgrade? What can I update? And, but you've also got the guys you're talking about where 10 years ago, you know, they were having newborns and, and golf kind of went out the, out the window, but now maybe, maybe the spouses are kicking them out and saying, Hey, why don't you go play, you know, go get some fresh air, go take a walk for, for a couple hours. You know, that could be the, could be the possibility as well. It's kind of my hunch uh, where, where all the, where, where the uptick has come from, where the increase has come from. But uh, you know, that's just my two cents being on, on this side of things. You can imagine a circumstance where you've got a guy or two that will go play fairly regularly. And under these circumstances, now they've got two other friends that want to join them, that they want to play more. Mm -hmm. And you go from something that maybe you were playing 15 years ago as, as golf clubs, and you see your buddies who play regularly just hitting it so much better, so much more flush, so much easier sure. because equipment does that, that they're like, whoa, whoa, I need to get in on this and let's get that going moving forward. I mean, there's so many reasons to jump under the equipment. And as you say, they're not just buying, they're investing. They're going to places like Club Champion. I've done a lot of work in partnership with them this year. Yeah, you have. And they right now are... Their, their fitting schedule slammed. Their build schedule's completely full. That's investing right there. Absolutely. And Club Champion being one of our, our great partners, we love to see their success as well and, and the rest of our 600 charter dealers that are across the nation. And we hear, we hear that story time and time again over the last six months. You know, I can't keep up. Um, we're, we've had a hard time with inventory on some of our best selling SKUs, you know, with our Ventus Blue 6X, we couldn't keep in stock. And it's just, it's incredible. You know, typically our golf season, our, our retail season is typically, you know, February to May, June. That's kind of like the key golf season. That's the spring opener. That's when the Masters is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where primarily a lot of the off course locations, what I mean by that are the, you know, the indoor locations. That's when they do their prime uh, prime selling as well, prime fitting, um, because people can't maybe go outside to, to go hit golf balls at that time. So right. they see all of these people coming in to play maybe some indoor golf or work on their game, uh, get, get fit, get upgraded. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting time. We're, we're not used to having, um, you know, November was our third biggest month of the year. And that's incredible. It's typically right there at, you know, maybe 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. So it's all been swapped. September was our second biggest month. June was our biggest month. June's never a big month, like, like not never the biggest month anyway. Um, so it's just, it's, it's going to be a real challenge for everybody within the business to, you know, how do you, how do you reset and game plan for 2021? 
you know, because we still are a little unexpected with everything. Where do we go from here? Um, so we're listening to our dealers. We're listening to the media guys like yourself and just kind of working on this experience together and, and, and working on 2021 and, and beyond right now the best that we can based on what we know. <laughs> I have to imagine that there's, there's people there at Fuji that are of the mindset of, okay, let's catch up and getting that product out. There's obviously the people that specialize in coming up with that new shaft, that new technology that says, Hey, we want to roll this out. We want to get this going. We want to stay on pace. And it's, what do you prioritize? How do you, how do you know which way to attack? Yeah, it really is. It's uh we are fortunate that we do have such a good staff, a good team um, that's worked together for a number of years. And I've, I've been learning over the last two years from this team that, that works really, really well together, um, almost harmonious when it comes to how do we take care of an existing problem and here's our future plans. How do we make that kind of work together, you know, simpatico, if you will, um, just so we can continue to move forward, progress, especially off of a year like 2020. So we're doing a great job with it. We've got, uh, we've got a great understanding of where our product's going. You know, we've got a world beater in Ventus right now and Matori X is right on its heels. I mean, Matori X is probably one of the, the, the products that will be known as, you know, we launched it right before COVID and it never really got its shot. So we're, we still want golfers to, to know what Matori X is and how good of a product that is. I mean, you've hit it, you understand it. And mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's going to get a shot again. I think people just haven't heard the brand like they have Ventus and with Ventus having VeloCore, I mean, it's, it's been unbelievable. And the, the tour adoption has been insane. You know, 45% of all Fuji Korea golf shafts that were played on the PGA tour season last year were Ventus, were Ventus, which is one out of two essentially were a Ventus part. <laughs> And we have great lines out there that are still our Matori X line, our Atmos Tour Spec, our Speeder Evolution Series. Mm -hmm. Those are great lines, but Ventus has just kind of caught the world by storm. You know, we've got some some great players up there, you know, the, the FedEx Cup winner, a Masters winner, the number one in the world. It, it's it's been It's been great. So I don't see it going away anytime soon. You know, we've got it in our product plan for a long time. And we just, heck, we just came out with the Ventus Hybrid in, in September. So we've we've got a we've got some longevity with this part and first and foremost i know i'm talking a lot here but first and foremost it's our duty to whatever does follow ventus it has to outperform it you know our whole experience um comes from our research and development uh teams our enzo backed system of, of analytics we've got to make sure that we can outperform ventus before we launch something new so we're a little bit liquid when it comes to, all right, this date, this date, this date. No, let's make sure everything lines up. We'll give ourselves a timeline of when we want this thing to be accomplished and, and start to head to production. But it's got to first and foremost perform. It's different than what club companies, club manufacturers face because they're looking at part of their business model is getting golfer who buys products 2018 to think about product 2019 and maybe if not by 2019, buy product 2020, you know, and, and cycle through things like that. And with the shafts, that's not the way you guys think you guys are more in a, we're going to come up with different variants to fit different people. 
And the only time we're expecting them to replace that product is when we have something newer and different that fits them at that time. So you don't have to worry about bringing something new out. You're just going to keep populating your, your, your supply with different specs, different models that work differently. And further to your point, it's really about uh, reach within the bag too. So we we launched Ventus Blue um, February of 2019. Right. So we're coming up on two years with this part mm-hmm. now, which is which is incredible. And uh, then we came out with our our red and black in September of, of 2019. So those have just hit about a year. Um, but the really cool thing here is we're finding that we're not just getting in the drivers anymore. People are finding out how good of a weapon this thing is in a three wood. Mm-hmm. We've now launched uh, with the red. People are finding the red to be that five wood, seven wood, just unbelievable pairing in, in one of those two heads. And with the with the new Ventus hybrid out, with the blue and the black options, now you have an option to either put it into a, you know, a hybrid where you need to hit it high, you need that maximum MOI, that forgiveness, you know, because we talk about Ventus being with VeloCore such a forgiving shaft. And mm-hmm. if people think forgiving shaft, really, how does that work? And, you know, if you if you look at VeloCore, we won't go too deep in there, but if you look at VeloCore and the stability that it provides and the on-center face contact that it provides uh, in our Ventus parts, you'll, you'll begin to understand a little bit more about that. But with hybrids, you know, people play hybrids for, for a specific reason. They need launch and they need forgiveness. Uh, that, that they're replacing an iron. Maybe they need a little bit more distance too, especially on the carry carry side of things. So if we can make your hybrid a little bit more forgiving, a little bit more stable, give you that proper launch you need with that descent angle that's going to stop and, and land close to the pin and, and land soft. Um, that's what we're looking for with our Ventus Blue hybrid part. And then for for the guy that it's probably two percent of the golfing population, but. They're, sometimes they're the loudest saying, hey, we need something stiffer. Well, we've got the Ventus HB Black that is the stiffest hybrid shaft we've ever made since uh, since Fuji's been around. So it's a, it's a piece of rebar, and but it doesn't feel that way. That's the funny part. Like it, mm-hmm. it is stiff, but if you if you have the ability to load it, you're absolutely going to get that. You know, it's not it's not made to be just un, unbreakable, you know, unbendable. It's It's supposed to give you the same Ventus feel that you feel in every one of our other products. I just thought of this as we were talking about fitting and Ventus. And one of the things that I've learned over the years of talking with golf ball designers, manufacturers yeah, is that the top of the line ball, the pro V one, the TP five, the Srixon Z star, the top balls from every manufacturer are going to benefit almost every player. Even the lowest beginner is going to benefit because they're designed to perform the best. Absolutely. The problem for those, you know, players is you're more apt to lose them. So it's really not worth the investment to get the performance increase. I feel like that might be the case with the Ventus is because of the Velo core, it's going to help players at every level and so as more people are getting custom fit more people are going to be fit into that that venice shafts because they may not be as good a players and they need that help and when they go on track man or something like that at a fitter it's going to say whoa this is performs for you much better than these others because it's controlled sure yeah who doesn't need forgiveness? Let's just, <laughs> let's do a silent raise of hands here. You know, everybody needs more forgiveness, no matter, 
no matter who you are. That's that's why we're seeing so many people play the vintage shaft because here's the thing. If a pro hits it solid every single time and he misses one, what's the best part that's going to provide a forgiveness to where he doesn't notice that loss of distance or he doesn't notice that extreme amount of decrease or increase of spin? You know, that that's why these guys are playing Ventus. And, you know, I've always kind of said the same thing. If a pro plays it, there's probably a good reason why they're playing it. And, you know, we don't do any contracts mm-hmm. with, with golf shafts on, on the golf industry, golf shaft industry side. So they're playing it because they found the best performance through it. And they've, they've talked to their tour reps and they've talked to our tour reps and it's been validated. Um, if these guys are going towards something that's a forgiving shaft that maybe if we look at a tiny subset, they don't need forgiveness, so to mm-hmm. speak. Uh, we all really do. And I know I really do. Um, Ralph, I think you'll, you'll back me up on that one. Everybody could use yeah. a little bit more forgiveness. So that's why where I think we're starting to see, you know, Ventus kind of creep into the bag. You know, like I said at the beginning, it's, it started with driver and now we've just gotten, gotten further and further re- reach into the bag is what we like to see. Um, there's also different characteristics of, of golf courses where, you know, maybe you play a hard and fast one one day and a, a soft and slow one the other day and, Maybe you need to increase carry and carry distance on one and decrease it on the other, so you get that maximum rollout. There's different shaft options for, that can do that for you as well. I'm one of the statistics. I actually every club in my bag is either new or improved this year. I just I just now realized that. I mean, literally <laughs> from top to bottom, uh, that's the case. But I wanted to ask you, what's in your bag? Walk us through your golf bag. All right, let's walk through it. So. I have um, at the top, I have a Ventus Blue 6X. I put one of our Patriot Edition camos in my driver. It's a, a nine degree driver. It's the um, Sim Max. I've been playing that for a little bit. I like that. I've been toying around with the TSI 3 as well. Um, really, really great products. I hit the Maverick earlier in the year. I, having, it's kind of a bad thing, you know. It, for a techie guy like me that, that loves to like learn more about equipment, to have all of it at the fingertips, you never really, really find that one horse in the stable. You've always got about three or four that you just bounce around because you're maybe searching for something. So that within the driver category, especially, I'm, I'm always kind of just bouncing around trying to figure out what, what works best and, and trying different things. And, you know, my role as a product marketing manager is to do that kind of thing, you know, Let's make sure I understand not only what our products do, but how they perform with uh, our OEM partner products, mm-hmm. you know, with the SIM, with the TSI, uh, with the Maverick, with the Speed Zone, with, you know, with all the new stuff coming as well. So um, that's first and foremost. The driver's always a fun one, but I've had recent success with the Ventus Blue 6X and the, uh, and the SIM. So that's, that's, the, that's the top. And then I have a TS2, Titleist TS2 Fairway Wood. It's a 15-degree uh, it's it's going to be a tough one to leave the bag. It just it pairs up so well with my Ventus Blue Seven, and I, I play Seven S in the fairway wood because I needed that softness. It, it it just felt so much better with the fairway wood. And and when I was getting fit with Marshall, we tried the X because I'm like a one fifteen to one seventeen clubhead speed guy. So you know I'm definitely within the X category. But with the three wood, I just found. I liked that feel. I was really able to load it. I knew exactly where the head was with the seven S versus an X and that. So, so then we went to, um, recently I went into, uh, the MP 20, um, irons from Mizuno and it's the SEL. I'm a left-handed golfer of the SEL heads and 
love that set. I was playing AP2s before that. Uh, great product as well. Um, but I, so I have the three uh, HMB and the four HMB in that SEL set. And uh, I put the Ventus hybrid shaft in that three, three iron and it's just turned it into a, a straight distance machine. It just goes dead straight, hits my lines. I know what it's going to do uh, off the turf that we play uh, um, out at Shadow Ridge where it's a little bit firmer, a little bit faster in this off season, a little, little colder. Um, so I know exactly what it's going to do. And it's been just a, a perfect just drop right in club because I had the Pro 95 in there before. So I switched into the, the Ventus hybrid, the blue uh, 9X and that. And it's been, it's been great. Um, going further into the set, I've got four, four to nine iron in uh, the uh, MP20s right now. And I split my set four and five are both our Pro 95 iron shaft. So yes, I'm playing a 95 gram shaft in my four and five iron. Then I go into the six to nine iron. I have our 115 uh, Tour Spec X uh, iron shaft in there as well. So all graphite all the way through. And then my pitching wedge, my gap wedge, my sand wedge, and my lob wedge are all the Titleist SM8s. And they have our um, solid MCI wedge shafts in those. So graphite all the way through. Are you all the way through, though? I mean, you know, what about the putter? Well, the the putter right now is all over the place, Ralph. I've, <laughs> I've tried five putters within the last eight rounds. I've just had had a hard time finding something. Um, anything from a Scotty Cam- Cameron to um, what was it, a Taylor Made Spider to uh, what was the other one? Oh, right now I have an even roll. So like I've I've been all over the place with the putter. It just trying to understand what's going on with my game and, and the putting right now because. I, I've always thought myself a pretty good putter until the last probably eight weeks. And I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on with it, but so I'm soul searching a little bit there. <laughs> Once I find one that actually I marry up to, um, it, we'll have uh, we'll definitely have graphite in there. We'll have our MC putter shaft in that one, but I haven't, haven't picked a dance partner yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm still hitting a TaylorMade M3. Mm-hmm. Now I've got a Ventus blue six uh, R. I did a feature recently with Club Champion where, because I had gone through fitting a year ago, and I went back to compare my old clubs versus the new clubs. Yeah, I saw that. And when I had done the fitting, they had done the fitting and said, you know, this M3 head performs best with this club better than all the newer heads. I mean, and again, that's a 2018 club head. Yeah. And it, it outperformed everything at that time. So I wanted to test it again this time. After I had done the comparison year to year, I then, okay, this wasn't a part of the video. I, I, we went and tried a TSI three. We went and tried a SIM, Mm -hmm. both with the Ventus shaft and this M3 still outperformed. So it stays in the bag. It, It, you know, that shaft is just, you know, I, I got a great head, I guess that just continues to perform. Sim three wood, fifteen degree, same shaft. Ventus uh, blue six R. So, a little consistency there. We yep. like to hear. Um, and then uh, <laughs> sim hybrids in a three and four. That's with a uh, Fuji Pro two shaft. That's right. And then I have that same shaft with a Ben Hogan Vector five hybrid. Do you really? I didn't know that. Never in my life have I been able to hit a five iron. So you've got the perfect and little crossover. That basically. little club just delivers. 
that thing is a fantastic club. And I wasn't, I was scared to change the shaft a year ago. Yeah. I mean, it had always delivered and you don't want to mess with that, but I did. Especially when you find one like that, you know, especially at the top of the bag, it's always tough to, you know, like I was saying about my three wood, I don't know how I'm going to replace that thing right now because it's just so mm-hmm. good. Does exactly what I want it to do. I've learned it so well. And, you know, I, I talked to Marshall Thompson and John Hovis are some of our tour staff. And they tell me that the three wood without with unquestionably is the hardest club to fit a, a golfer into both for feel preference. Um, yeah. As well as just the results, the data behind it. So yeah, I, I can totally understand you being a little questionable about changing that five up a little bit, but I'm glad to hear it's, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. But it, it, it's performed. And then um, we went with a TaylorMade P790 irons, six through pitching wedge, and those were all with the uh, Fuji Pro iron shaft. So again, you know. So you're a little bit of a trend here too, huh? Well, you know, it's funny because <laughs> everything that it. fit me, where, where we did the fitting, was a TaylorMade and Fuji combination. It just, that that's just how it fit. Yeah. Into the wedges, I still carried on the Pro Iron Shaft uh, wedges. I, I I added those this year with the with that's that right. RTX Zipcore wedge in a 48, 52, and 56. And are, how are you oh, liking the wedges? We haven't, we haven't talked about that recently. They're so good. The bite on those clubs is unreal. Even around the greens, it's... They're, they're just so versatile. And, you know, I was going from a cavity back. I was enjoying the CBX too. Mm-hmm. And no, it, it, and, and when I first had them, I played with them probably two months with the stock steel shafts because I'd gotten, yeah, I was going to ask you, yeah. I'd gotten the pro iron shafts and, um, club champion pured them, but because of the backlog of everything, it took a little time to get that done. So I had been playing with them really well. I mean, right out the gate with the stock shafts. And I'm like, okay, yes, I really like this. But I'm like, no, everything else has been really good with these pro iron shafts. And yeah. the change immediately when I was going for distance, which isn't much with those clubs, but when I was going for distance, I was getting five or six more yards a club. That's really, really good. I, my main question for you was, you know, uh, golfers always talk about there being maybe a feel difference between steel and graphite can you describe kind of what you've experienced after making that transition well i feel the club head more i i you know the shaft because the composite material is lighter you feel the club head more which leads you to me it leads me to do better things with the club sure but more aware but the interesting thing is when i did the comparison of my old clubs to my new clubs we saw that even the stock steel shafts in my old irons were more whippy, were were less stiff, stiff, yeah, than the composite of new Fujikura graphite shafts, yeah. So, so they were stiffer, but they were lighter, and so that's the weird transition. Is you come to learn, okay, I don't need to try to kill the ball. I'm going to generate more speed just by letting that club head do its thing mm-hmm. and getting it into a better spot. And once once you come to realize that, and I'm talking figure that out within five or six swings yeah i mean it it doesn't take long you just start to realize oh wait this club doesn't need me to do the work because that shaft really is going to kick in absolutely and it's 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 a massive difference that again 
a lot of people would ask, well, I don't see pros doing this, so therefore I'm not going to do it. And it's like the pros hit blades that look better on your wall than in your golf bag. Without a doubt. I mean, they're, they're, they're beautiful clubs, but you don't want to be hitting them. You shouldn't think in terms of how they play. It should be about you. And, and the options that are offered by going to a composite shaft have worked out tremendously. Um, and it was really stark with those wedges because again, a stock shaft in, in the theory I mean, and you know this because you supply stock shafts to OEMs mm -hmm. is designed to work with a specific club. Yep. And so to do better than that stock shaft is really saying something. Sure. It's also, it's not, you know, what I would say, Ralph, is it's not so specialized. Like a stock shaft's not so specialized. Um, it, it's, it's, it's designed to work for the golfing population. Right. Right. So that's kind of what it's, it's designed for. When, when you go into aftermarket, that's what, what I kind of think of as like specialized equipment at that point. Yeah. So if you're really trying to dial in your game, that's, that's where you go to. And, you know, like you said, we, we keep, we fight this whole hurdle. You know, I've been here for two years. One of my passions is, is fighting this hurdle of pro irons uh, and graphite iron shafts, because I can tell you within our office, everybody plays obviously graphite iron shafts. We have a plus four, a plus three, a plus two, mm -hmm. um, a couple of guys around plus one to scratch. Um, I would say within 12 golfers, we have handicaps under a three or four and we're all playing graphite iron shafts. So to say that you're too good or, or you're a better player and, you know, better players play steel, I would start to question that uh, mentality at this point because right. graphite is within the last 10 years come leaps and bounds, you know, think about your iPhone 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That it was it able to do what it does now? No, right. We didn't even have FaceTime, you know. So like, there's all this new technology. It's not just within a particular segment. Everybody benefits from new technology. You know what I mean? So like, mm -hmm. just start to question. You know, should I always be playing steel and everything? You know, is there something better for my game? Let me keep my options open going forward, uh, because something could be better for your game. But you're putting these blinders on because well, old guys play graphite. That's not the case. No. I'm sitting here at 117 mile per hour driver speed. <laughs> and that's my other thing I always tell people, Ralph, you know, it's something to consider here. So with our longest shaft, fastest swing in our driver, we can trust graphite in that. But with our, our slower swings, you know, within our irons um, that typically have a stiff, you know, stiffer and heavier, we don't trust graphite with that, but we trust it to create and generate ball speed with these lighter options that can also fly super low, create lower, lower spin, extremely low torque products um, that are extremely stable. If we can do that in 50 grams, imagine what we can do at 115 grams, 120 grams. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like you're never going to see a steel shaft that's going to get below 50 grams. It's impossible. The, the walls will be too thin and you'll step, step on it and it'll just break, you know? So like they, they can't get there. They can get to about 65 right now. And that's about it. I think that the, the hard part is it's tough to, to really grasp until you've experienced it, that you can have a stiffer graphite shaft than an iron shaft, that it can be lighter 
but stiffer. Mm-hmm. And, and until you can really grasp that concept, yeah, I can understand you being wary because your iron's supposed to go into the ground and you could be afraid that you're going to break a shaft or something like that because conceptually that makes sense in the older sense, but that's not the case now. That's It's just not the case now. Yeah, I mean, you look at, uh, if we really want to get nerdy here, you look at modulus of elasticity between steel and graphite. Mm-hmm. You know, steel is, the modulus of elasticity is basically the point of resistance, right, before deformation. Mm-hmm. So, like, how much can something take and come back to its original standpoint? Graphite is anywhere from 5 to 12 times higher when it comes to that modulus. So thinking about it that way, and then you look at density. Okay. So at the same size, this piece of uh, composite five times lighter than that piece of, of steel at the same size. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, like we're able to do twice as much with half with, with 20% of the material essentially. Now to finish up my bag, I do have entirely graphite. That's what we'd like all the way through because I'm currently uh, putting with the Sax Perenni Series 66 putter with their uh, proprietary composite shaft. Nice. And, and hey, so it's I, still composite. And that replaced a itsy bitsy spider that had been in my bag since 2008. Wow. Uh, and that whole thing. So you get a new love. If, if you're listening, uh, go check out the Golf Spotlight and my look at the Sax Perenni and their fitting. It's an experience. It's a process that... Uh, Changes how you putt, changes how you view things. But it works in the same concept that we've been talking about. You feel the club head more, therefore the club head works for you better. So Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it all follows the same thing. Now, getting away from equipment, professional golf made its return and got a lot of eyeballs this year. It did. Uh, it looked different. How did you feel watching golf tournaments without galleries? first and foremost my brain went to what do these guys think about it out there you know they've gone from yeah some of these the biggest pressure situations you know like at the u.s open the pga this year do we have the same winners if there's a crowd you know in new york or up in san fran up in monterey do we have these same same uh winners if if there's crowds around them that are ten thousand deep um do the nerves hold up is where I, what I'm going with here. Mm-hmm. So I always thought to myself at the very beginning, what are these guys thinking about now? I mean, it, because there's some pressure players out there that love that feeling. They thrive off of it. You know, you think like a Justin Thomas that just thrives off of something like that. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it was, it was super interesting to watch. I mean, I think, I think from a, from a broadcast standpoint, they did a pretty decent job at, as to trying to make it, a little bit more interesting with some other different things that they could weave in and out. And, but it, uh, it's not the same. It's the same. It's not the same as watching, you know, the world series this year with where we had hardly anybody, if, if at all in the stands in some of those games. And uh, we, we just have to look forward to a Super Bowl that hopefully we can have a crowd again. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at with, with, with all spectator sports right now. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much more fun to watch when these guys are having that pressure situation around them. And do they capitalize in it? I mean, yes, they're still in the same pressure pressure situation because they want to win. But this has changed it a little bit. Now it's it's not as much pressure. There's not this whole crowd 
they're not having to adjust for, you know, somebody talking in the backswing or any of that stuff. It's a little different. So it's uh, befuddled, I guess, would be how I'm how I am a little bit with it. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the the old days. Well, it is funny that you mentioned uh, that with the crowd and how the players would react in terms of winged foot. Because I think back to when it went first, the U.S. Open was played at Beth Page Black, and how the fans kind of got on Sergio Garcia as he was having some of his issues, and you could see certainly a New York crowd getting like that with Bryson DeChambeau for sure, because he's just that type of guy that would not fit with their style. Uh, at the same time, honestly, in golf, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I want it to continue forever. And I, I'm absolutely serious about this because I love seeing the golf course. Oh yeah, I love seeing the guys have to deal with the golf course the way that we have to deal with the golf course, Without which is the penalties there are for going over a green where there isn't a wall or a grandstand to block you, Without where you don't get the trampled down rough when you miss it really badly. I love that fact. And again, I like seeing the, the the difficulties that can come from that circumstance. And I like seeing the visual of a course, the way that we play it, wide open and empty. It's a, it's a great perspective, too. That's a great perspective. I mean, you know, I but there's something to me about a crowd. <laughs> you know, everyone watches the Masters and they love the Masters. They love the course. They love seeing Augusta National. People, you show them pictures of Augusta National, any golfer, they're going to stop and they're going to go through the pictures. Without a doubt. Of just the course. This year, we got to see that golf course in use. Normally, we see it littered with guys and in their upturned <laughs> collars and, and, their, and their... 17 stacked cups. Exactly. <laughs> and we didn't see any of those characters. We saw the golf course, which... In November, too, which is so wild. I yeah, mean... Yeah, it was just... It, it, it's something that you, you watch and you know that as you're watching it, I'm not going to ever see this again. Without a doubt. Let me enjoy this visual. Yeah, and I get to grow up you know just south side of atlanta and we would we would go up every year just to do the you know the practice rounds or mm -hmm. you know if we could get a tournament you know tournament ticket then we would we would try to get in obviously um but we did practice rounds just about every year and uh it was so weird like you know i've walked those grounds probably a dozen times at this point in my mm -hmm. life and seeing it on tv looks so different in november it, it was unreal. I mean, you, you have different flowers that are blooming at that point. Right. You know, the, the, even the pine trees look a little bit different at that point. So even though they're evergreens, there is something different about them in November compared to April. And, you know, I think of uh, Harding Park with, with, the, with the PGA this year and having grown up just south of, of there in San Francisco, mm -hmm. I know what the weather's like. And I know that it is generally foggy at that part of the city. I mean, that's close to the coastline, Olympic Club, Harding Park, Lake Merced, San Francisco Golf Club. They they play in the fog. Sure. And that's part of the nature of those courses, those trees, that fog. And with no crowd there, you saw it. You felt like you're playing in this weird place because it is a weird place. It's an unusual environment to play golf, but that's what makes that course special. Yeah, that was that was a cool one to see for sure, because you know, being I've been in SoCal for almost ten years now, but going up there and you see like, you know, I've played, I've had the fortunate um, 
I've been fortunate to play Spyglass and get that morning tea time at like eight o'clock and you mm-hmm. have that fog that's just sitting in there. And it's, it's similar like how we get down here, but the, the, the weather's a lot different. It's a lot cooler. Yeah. It's a little more brisk. You know, we don't get the brisk down here, but we have that same Marine layer where it just gets packed in. And it's like, uh, you know, you're almost looking for the Loch Ness monster to come out at a certain point with all that fog and with the water and the surrounds and everything. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a cool one to watch too. Um, I definitely need to get up there and play that place now. <laughs> well, it's it's a TPC. It's open to the public, so yeah. so it's one that you can definitely play. We're we're going long here, but I did want to mention that 2020 also saw the launch of both of us having podcasts. I did, and I don't know how it was for you. I started this with the intention of talking to people that I knew in the industry, been talking equipment for well over a decade. Sure. And for them to share some of their stories. And what I found was actually a third of the interviews were with people I'd never met before still telling their stories and the great golf stories. How did you, how did the podcast experience go for you launching it this year? Yeah, it's been fun. I, I, you know, I brought it to uh, Eric record, my boss, the director of marketing. I said, Hey, you know what? I, I kind of want to do a podcast. You know, I've been, I've been listening to all these other ones. Um, you know, the no laying up guys, the, the um conan i listen to all these different podcasts you know whether it's comedy or you know cold case files i found myself kind of just loving the podcasting i was like well it's super niche it'll take me you know maybe an hour every couple of weeks to do one and why not just let's talk about golf shafts let's talk about why it's in the bag and that's where the idea came from it was Let's, let's not just focus on what's in the bag, but the, the bigger question is why it's in the bag. Why do we play what we play? And, you know, I've, I've talked to some guys within the industry and we've just kind of done yours. So now I'm going to have to actually officially get you on. <laughs> I'll be the host this time and it, it, it'll be different for you. It'll be a different seat for you. I know, but <laughs> I'll be the host this time and we'll, we'll, we'll play that scene out. But uh, I just wanted to, uh, to dive in. I know it's a super niche thing. We're talking golf shafts. But, uh, you know, we've had over a thousand downloads with, with the podcast now, which has been incredible. You know, it, it, if we're reaching people, and by the way, let me just say a, a weird stat since we were talking about weird stats earlier. We have a listen on every continent except Antarctica now. So that's a fun little thing for us as a, as a <laughs> tiny little Fujikura golf to, uh, to be able to say. But, um, yeah, it's been fun. I just I, I reach out to good friends within the industry. I've been in the industry for, you know, if you count the – the golf cart guy at, at the local club back when I started that, when I was 16, I've been in the industry for over half my life at this point, 17, 18 years. So it, uh, I've got, I've got some decent contacts and I've, I've been able to use those guys and, and talk about their games and just, I think it provides golfers with perception because we're all golfers when we're on that, on that podcast, we're all talking about how a product works for our game Mm-hmm. And I think that's what helps. It gives perspective uh, because so much of us right now, we're all watching these videos and wanting to learn online. And, you know, if, if, if there's one more way where if you're driving in your car and you want to listen about golf shafts and why, why we make what we make and why we do what we do and why golfers play what they play and why it's in the bag is, is, a, is a great option, but it's been fun. It's just been a little passion project. You know, like I told Eric, we don't really, we're not watching the metrics super close here. I am because it's fun and I, I, I get excited about it. But other than that, there's no real reason for us to do it other than, Hey, let's just keep talking about Fujikura. You know, we're, 
we're on a great wave right now and our products are doing really, really well for us. So let's hear other people's success stories with our products. There are stories to be told all across this industry. And if we're able to share some of them, it, it ends up being pretty entertaining. Absolutely. Austin, thanks for joining me as we look back at 2020, talked a lot of shafts. I have a good feeling 2021 will bring some good things, highlights we never could have anticipated. Hopefully uh, the current sales momentum flows through the holidays into the spring. That's what we're hoping for. Absolutely. But uh, thanks for jumping in. Absolutely, Ralph. Thank you so much for having me. Happy holidays to you. Appreciate uh, just getting to sit back and talk about 2020. What an up and down roller coaster it was, but uh, you know we've had a lot of a lot of good experiences together throughout uh, 2020, and look forward to next year and what it brings. That was Fujikura Product Marketing Manager Austin Tudor, and yeah, he does have his own podcast. Why it's in the bag? The name? Well, it says it all, and you should definitely check it out if you're a gearhead, like I know a lot of our listeners are. And when you're talking about uh, those customized shafts. That's definitely some information you need to know. And can you tell? He loves golf. We all do. That's why we talk about it. Now, if you want to know more about golf equipment, subscribe to us on YouTube at The Golf Spotlight. For the latest on the range, follow us on Instagram at The Golf Spotlight. We are also on Twitter at Golf Spotlight. Of course, we welcome your comments. Any of those platforms, anytime, drop us a line. We will respond. Now you've listened this far, so subscribe to The Range on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or iHeart. That'll do it for The Range for 2020, but we will see you after the new year with all new interviews and journeys with some of the game's great creators. So until our next show, let's hit the course anywhere we can, or the practice range, or the hitting bay, maybe the indoor simulator. Get your swings in no matter what, and we will talk to you next year, right here on The Range. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.